Welcome to the Destined for Success podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and this podcast used to be called New Manager Media, Managed Right from the Start. Many of the concepts are the same, but there's a little shift. There's a shift because I know we are all destined for success, and I want to help you find the fastest, smoothest way to reach your highest best as quickly as possible. Join me in today's episode where you're going to come up with new ways to build your skills and influence others to make the impact you desire to make. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Welcome to Destined for Success, the podcast that used to be titled New Manager Media, covering some of the same things, but we're actually just going bigger because we are all destined for success. You just need the right skills and the right tools to get there. I'm so happy today to have a new online friend of mine, Jay Razuk. Did I get that right? It's spot on, Jennifer. Okay. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, people get to Kagi wrong. I'm good with that, but I really like to get people's names right. So Jay and I recently have become acquainted and on September 16th, we were part of a group panel on Clubhouse and it was, was all an about- awesome panel. It was an awesome panel. I actually knew two of the people I had met in person and we were talking about how to create a sustainable business to grow from six to seven figures, which is just mind boggling to me. And so I was like, hey, Jay, do you want to be on my podcast? Jay is a, an attorney by education and trade, and he's got wonderful ideas on how to structure contracts so that you maintain and build a relationship. I guess I should have said build and maintain versus setting up obstacles for people. I had a conversation the other day with someone and they said their attorney was putting together a a trust and a living will for them. And, and it was hundreds of pages long. And I was like, wow, Whoa. mine's not quite that long. It's a little more simplistic. You know, my stuff goes here. Um, they must but, own a lot of things. Well, you know, it's either that or, you know, there are some attorneys who kind of, I think, get paid by the page and the longer and more cumbersome it can be job security for them. So uh, tell us, Jay, tell us about your business and tell us about your leadership journey, because I am a firm believer every single person on the planet is a leader in some capacity, and it's just stepping into it and owning it. So give us a little of your background. So um, you want my leadership journey. I, I went to law school at Pepperdine out in Malibu, California, graduated, went straight to a law firm, a boutique firm out in San Diego. And we represented investors of Fortune 500 companies. And we would try to fix the companies in response to like major scandals. Like if you read the Wall Street Journal, you'd hear about you know, a gigantic fraud and the company you know, has to pay the government $3 billion, something like that. And we would try to come in and you know, try to help fix it and make sure that it doesn't happen again. And it was a blast to learn so much about um, what goes wrong in the businesses, the best ways to prevent mistakes like that. And um, really just decided, I don't like the litigation route because it costs so much money. It's so adversarial. 
and it it just doesn't result in the change we need. And and so I committed to um, walking away from that path and helping entrepreneurs earlier on when they're trying to set up their business to get it going on the right foot and lay down that foundation that, that will lead to better outcomes and, and avoiding those billion dollar mistakes in the future. So that's uh, how I got to where I am now. I spent 10 years, you know, working with the fortune 500s and, um, and leadership wise, boy, I really had to start off just, uh, just with my feet to the fire, it's kind of like a, a being a doctor when you're a lawyer. You know, you walk into that hospital or lawyer, you walk into that law firm and you're suddenly the boss, even though you've never had a single case. You know, the paralegals <laughs> look at me like, all right, uh, Jay, what should we do now? Like, uh, I don't know what you guys normally do for this. So it definitely was a very rapid learning process and but definitely invaluable uh, skill learning to work with the team and and successful successfully running projects and um i really in a sense miss having the bigger team i had back in the day at the the firm well i think that's really funny when you walk in the door and all of a sudden your paralegals are saying so what do we do and a, a new doctor walks in the hospital and the nurses and the um, other support team are like well what do you want us to do in this situation uh, exactly. uh um i i did i had i mean that happened to me too <laughs> I worked for the federal government and I had worked my way into a niche job. And I was one of a handful in the country who did this type of work, like as my sole responsibility. And fast forward, they came in one day and said, we need you to be acting supervisor. And I was like, well, okay. I mean, if I have to, okay. So I'm acting supervisor for a while and then it, it becomes, well, you need to apply for the job. You're doing a great job. So I applied for the job and I got it. And that's what I did until I, I left. But the first staff meeting I had, everybody in the room knew me and, and they knew I had been doing this highly specialized work for years. And they all knew I didn't know how to do what they did. Like they, I, I didn't have to like get a banner or announce it. They knew. And so trying to start that process of building a relationship with my new team that they had been my lunch buddies and friends and now i'm like their supervisor was to just put it out there and say you know i don't know exactly what you do step by step i only did that job for a couple of years but that was quite a while ago so let's make an agreement up front if I ask you a question, I'm asking, so number one, I can learn. And number two, I can support you. If somebody else comes back and says, why did you sign this or approve this? I can say, oh, well, I sat down with Jay and blah, blah, blah. You know, I needed it for support reasons because I never wanted them to feel like I was questioning what they were doing because we both knew that they knew their job better than I knew their job. And I think that's one huge mistake that new managers make is they go in and they're like, well, I got the promotion and we can't know every, everything like that's just an impossibility, but I love it. Yeah. I walked in and they're like, Hey, what do you want us to do? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> and that's really hard when you already had a pre-existing relationship and the nature of it is changed. Wow. The dynamics on that. But yeah. what you brought up is a huge point. 
about you need to make informed decisions as a business leader. You have to ask the questions. You have to make sure information is being reported to you in a timely, accurate manner. And I'm just blown away at times how many entrepreneurs just wing it, just guess, or otherwise do things in the dark. And you just can't do that. I mean, to me, that's one of the major distinctive differences between an entrepreneur and someone who actually now is an executive because the executive understands information is power and they're going to make sure they get that info. They ask the questions so they're making a good decision. And yeah, when, when I was suing the CEOs and executives and, and try to hold them, hold their feet to the fire for the mistakes, it often was because they are not making informed decisions or the board of directors just rubber stamp something without investigating. So it's critical. Yeah, you have to have that information. I was, um, I participated in a clubhouse one day. Uh, I'm kind of hit and miss on that platform, but it's kind of fun when I am on it. And they were talking about uh, hiring, like, and finding the right people because in an entrepreneurial space and now actually in corporate space a lot also, you're hiring people virtually. Like you're not sitting down at a table together. You're not really getting to know them other than what they choose to show you in a, you know, an online form. And we were talking about having websites designed and having your website set up. I am on my fourth web design company and hosting wow. platform. And everyone <laughs> was a recommendation, like a strong recommendation, like this is the best thing ever. And unfortunately, that was not my experience. And the gentleman on the panel was saying, um, you know, you need to ask the right questions and you need to get the recommendations. And if not, you know, that's on you. And I was brought to the stage. I didn't actually raise my hand, but I knew one of the moderators and she was like, Hey, Jennifer, what do you have to say about this? I said, well, I have a lot to say about that because even though someone is highly recommended, even though you have a contract, even though you had a long conversation about what your expectations were and what you needed to happen, I'm going to put it out there. I'm just going to say it. For the most part, nobody lived up to my expectations and, and they also did not live up to their contract and what they said they would do, which makes it really difficult because you want to do your homework. You want to be informed. You want to make an informed decision and choice. And then, and my solution to that is to go find somebody else. Like I've, I've never taken anybody to court. I've never um, gotten into a heated argument even. I mean, the last one, I was just like, I need this done. And they said, yeah, I can get to it in three weeks. And I went, yeah, I'll just, I'll just suffer my thousands of dollar loss and move on. Ouch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very disappointing. So you, you raised two, I, I say at least two good points from, from what you what you raise. So the first one is, um, what do you do to investigate and get information when you're entering a relationship from the legal perspective and the big corporations, they call this process due diligence. And maybe you've heard that term before too. I have. And it's, 
for your big relationships, you know, we're going to drop in a lot of money or it's going to be a really big client, something like that. You really want to do due diligence to make sure you really know that person. You make sure that product's going to be a good fit for you. Um, you think of what are the things that could go wrong and are you going to be covered? Um, that's where attorneys do help a lot when you're entering a relationship with, uh, with another party and it's going to be a big deal. That's probably almost more time should go into due diligence than even just drafting the agreement. If it's going to be a really, really big deal. Like I used to help with mergers and acquisitions, well, and not help during the process, but um, in litigation that might happen afterwards, um, be involved with these mergers and acquisition deals. So it's, uh, it, due diligence is everything. Ask the right questions. But as you said, you can still ask the right questions, do, do your part. And this is where the other party should do the same. They want to make, if you want to have good relationships, if you want to have a good reputation, if you want to be a successful business person, you need to change your mindset to not wanting to make and close every sale, but it's about connecting with the right people who are going to love your product, who your product is going to be such an awesome fit for that they're going to be a raving fan. And just you by doing what you love to do will please them. I, I just don't understand this mindset that so many entrepreneurs and business people have where they're going to try to take the round product and shove it into a triangular hole of their, their client's expectations. I guess it's just not going to work out well for either person. It's not. And I just was, uh, I guess it was actually an interview um, to hire someone that would be a virtual person, you know, to add to my team to help me with some things. And she asked who I had worked with in the past, not by name, but like, what was the relationship? What happened? And, you know, actually I had several horror stories. I had several good stories, but the horror stories kind of left us both going, oh crap, that really was bad, wasn't it? And she said, I'll tell you what, let's do a contract for three months. At the end of three months, if this works out, then we can extend it. But I want you to be able to walk away at the end of three months. And I want to be able to walk away if it doesn't work. And I was like, well, that feels good. And then the price point was like a no brainer. And then if it works out well, then I can expand, you know, what I want and what I need um, as my business grows. But that was the first person I had ever heard, like, instead of just, having me sign a humongous contract for thousands of dollars and then not perform. She was like, let's just do a baby contract. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that, that feels really good. And that way, again, highly recommended by someone I trust implicitly. So it's like, okay, great. You know, let's see, let's see how this works out. And I'm sure it's going to work out beautifully, but um, I always think that, wait, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and it's what she did was brilliant. And that's the, and, and for both of you, and, and this is definitely something I've learned from prior hiring mistakes. The best way to really build a strong relationship is, yeah, you start off with something small 
you test somebody with a small project, maybe just one thing, if they're faithful with that, then you test them with a little bit more and then a little bit more. And, and eventually then if you really do trust this person, they're really great match. That's then when you could go all in. That is, there's ancient Proverbs even to that effect. And it's still true to this day that that is, if I give one piece of advice for hiring, like that's it. Start off just small, start them off as an independent contractor if you can, see how they do, then grow from there. And but grow yeah, from same thing there. with vendors. <laughs> yeah. Like, same, more vendors don't give opportunities to test them out a little bit. Yeah, I, I love that. And you know, the thing with like hiring somebody like me or even you, uh, we're so much on social media. So if you want coaching, if you want guidance, you can go to my podcast. You can go to, I don't have that much on YouTube, but I have some stuff on YouTube. You can go to Facebook, LinkedIn, a little bit of Instagram, not so much, but like I'm all over the place. And you can see if you are super serious and you are super, um, you know, black and white needs step-by-step, I may not be the person for you. I'm a little more exploratory. I'm a little bit more, um, let's have fun while we learn this and do this. Cause I don't think those are mutually exclusive. I think they're completely combined together, but for some of our stuff, you know, there's enough social proof that, um, you, you kind of know what you're getting into, but the one thing that I'd like you to talk about a little bit, because relationships just keep coming up in our conversation already. And I know on our um, clubhouse room a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about relationships and the legal system, like how to have your contracts and your relationships, like not put each other off. So can you talk a little bit about as an entrepreneur or even a business owner, if you're going to enter in a contract with somebody like the importance of the relationship in conjunction with that contract. Great. Oh, wonderful question. So I, I know a lot of people hate contracts, right? We cringe at it. Like, Ooh, I feel dirty almost having to do it. Um, in ideal world, right. You would have such a good relationship with someone, such a good understanding that, you just know how to operate. You both trust each other and it goes well every time. My wife tells a story of this um, big time Hollywood producer who she's married to an attorney. So she has access to legal advice, no problem. But she has such good relationships in the industry that if she's going to do a movie or something like that. She just gets on the phone, say, hey, this is what I want to do. And that person says, yeah, let's do it. Boom, they got a deal, you know, usual terms. But most of us don't have relationships like that. We don't have a track record with people to um, build that level of trust. And let me just say right there, trust is going to be the core pillar of this relationship that you have to build everything on. And your trust even starts with your advertising and all the promises you're making that will get someone to the point of you know, closing that sale and getting them to sign your agreement. So first off, make sure you're making the right promises, you're building the right expectations. And, and that's, that's almost even more important than the promises you make is what are the expectations you're building? Because at the end of the day, people don't necessarily just sue for breach of promises. When people feel like their expectations are not gonna be met, they're feeling frustrated, that's when they're gonna go out the door and talk to a lawyer. 
And the lawyer is going to get really creative and find out what legal basis you could get sued on. So, so you got to make sure you're clear, clear on expectations, what you're advertising to them and make sure that contract perfectly reflects those expectations. And I know a lot of people give great advice, like over promise and under, or sorry, under promise and over deliver, right? Because there, you know, you're setting minimal expectations and then you're just going to hit someone with like 10 times more than what they're expecting. They're going to be so happy and, and you're going to be considered a miracle worker. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek. Um, yes. <laughs> if you really admit, right? The, the old one with Scotty. Yes. Uh, there was a, a next gen episode where Jordy LaForge, you know, this newer generation of engineers asking Scotty, um, no, no, actually, um, the captain asked LaForge, like, okay, how long is it going to take to fix this engine? LaForge says two hours. And he meant it. It's going to take two hours to fix. And Scotty's like, why do you tell him exactly how long it's going to take? You should tell him it's going to take five hours to fix. And then, you know, you fix it in two and you look like a miracle worker. And so <laughs> that's true. And then, and I mean, like I teach that in management classes and it's you under promise over deliver every time. If your boss says, how soon do you think you can get this done? You say, Oh, I can get it done by next Friday. And then when you show up Wednesday and it's complete, they're like, what? You got that done early. And so, yeah, super true. And I, I did sign a couple of contracts and I read them before I signed them. And I had been told X, Y, and Z would be delivered. And then when it came down to it, it wasn't showing up. And I said, well, what about this? And I, I wasn't trying to be snarky. It was, what about this? And the email response I got was, you need to look at paragraph two of your contract. And it was like, I can look at paragraph two all damn day, but you told me this would be done. How does it not equate to paragraph two? I just want to make sure I understand. I've already been screwed. It's already happened, but you know, let's, let's make sure we get it. So, um, and that trust piece, I, I do disc behavioral profile assessments and classes and, and I love disc. It's amazing. And one of my top um, drawbacks, negatives about my personality and my behavior is I trust people. I mean, like I have a, a sign on my back that says sucker, she will pay you whether you do it or not. I'm trying to break that cycle. But I mean, it's really hard when you just, why would somebody tell me they're going to do something if they're not, or had no intention or no capacity. Like I've run into that a lot. They didn't really have the, their team and capacity and back end to, to follow through. <laughs> it becomes a lot. So how can you help other entrepreneurs, small businesses, how can you help us get through this whole legal piece? And is there something about a contract that can actually put off the relationship versus form a relationship? Yeah, no, it, it, exactly. I mean, we all heard our, our friend Bobby talk about a situation where he was going to, someone was looking to hire him and it was going to be a, a, a big job for him, but he gets agreement back and it's pages and pages and it completely lopsided all in favor of the other person. And it was going to have severe consequences for Bobby. And he wisely walked away from it because 
to me, like, even if, even if he, I don't know, I'm just gonna, like, yeah, don't do that. Be willing to back away <laughs> from when you're presented with a terrible contract like that. And for some people, maybe they're not even aware of how oppressive their contract is. Maybe they hired an attorney who then was overzealous. Maybe someone freaked out. The attorney says, I want a, a rock solid contract. And so the attorney makes it slanted. But, but what you are communicating to someone is that, yeah, you don't care. You're not looking for a two-way street relationship and that you will, you're all about yourself and you will walk all over that person if there's any little breach of your agreement. Why would anybody want to do business with you then if that's your mindset? If that's the way you're going to do business, people want to be in a trusting relationship. And so, yeah, almost the more your contract reflects that trust or, or and this two way street, this fairness, the more you're showing you are a trustworthy person who's caring, who's loving and, and not just about yourself. I, I have a, a friend, a colleague, and she had entered into a contract with a business coach and it was not a cheap agreement and it was not turning out how she thought it would. And so she reached out to have a conversation to say, I, I, I don't know how to move forward with this because I'm not, I'm not happy with the way this is unveiling. And the response was, um, you signed a contract. And I thought, you know, I'm glad that wasn't me because I, in that moment, I probably would have been pretty livid um, because I can think of so many ways to approach that, that would have built a relationship instead of throwing darts at it. Because when you, when your first response to someone being dissatisfied is you have a contract then you're doing just what you said. You're proving that you don't really care about them as a person or a client. You care more about the contract and the money than any type of their satisfaction. Exactly. And I just, it just blows my mind how so many businesses do that. And I, I, I hope at some point to be able to do research and see the beginning of this, because I, my guess is it came from people who were sociopaths or narcissists. They've got really <laughs> successful and everybody thinks, oh, we should mirror what they're doing. Uh, I, I would love to see the study on that. I would love to see the outcome because um, uh, there's something about it. And I, I talked to a fellow business coach, you know, leadership development management coach, and she does a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and her main clients are CEOs. And she works with them with various um, personality type assessments to help them become more um, aware, aware of their behaviors, aware of what they're doing and, and how to build a team more effectively. And the first conversation she had, or we had, and she said that I said, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily want to work with CEOs of large corporations because right now the people in those CEO positions typically got there by trampling people because that's what their bosses did. And 
the ones that need a coach like us who could help them interact more effectively and appropriately don't think they need to because acting the way they act is how they got to where they're going to be. I said, I want the new managers who are just stepping in wide eyed, bushy tailed saying, you know, what do I do to do this right? I mean, those are the people I want to work with. I want to work with entrepreneurs who say, I want to start bringing on team, but I've always been the creative mind behind, you know, my business. I, I don't know how to bring on a team. I don't, I don't know how to interact with a team. Those are the people I want, not the ones who say, I've always done it this way. It's good. Yeah. And those so are probably I, the attorneys who drew up those first contracts. Yeah, I we need to start changing our mentality. I there there's just almost like this unspoken rule in business that we can't afford to be nice. But the reality is you can't afford to be mean because the costs are so high. Just sit down and calculate how much does it cost you to get a new client versus how much does it going to cost you just be kind, nice to them, accommodate, you know, whatever issues they have and keep them, have them refer more business to you, have them be a repeat customer and, and all the benefits you'll get from that when you're mean, you're losing out on so much. And then how much do you lose when that person is angry? Will then go post a, a complaint with the Better Business Bureau? Or, or social media. Yeah. Yeah. Or social media. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I just came from a conference for attorneys on uh, trademarks. And one of them was talking about the cease and desist letters. And the good advice given was, you know, don't just send that mean cease and desist letter now because that could get plastered on social media and your client will end up looking like a terrible person and you as an attorney will look like a terrible person. Like you really now have to be strategic even when you're trying to, you know, protect your rights. Use it as an opportunity to have fun. Like if you want to have a, a laugh, go look up the letter that the... Uh, uh, Doogie Brothers went and uh, sent to uh, Bill Murray because Bill Murray was always playing their music for some of his ads for his t-shirt line. And the lawyers for the, the brothers sent um, a very funny letter basically saying, you know, we, we appreciate how much you love our music, um, but, you know, you, you're not paying for it. You need to pay us. And we're too lazy to go cite some laws, but you know what they are. So please stop. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Murray, his attorneys wrote back with lots of citations to different uh, songs and, and then follows up with, please tell us, you know, the shirt sizes for, uh, you know, all the various people in the band and we'll send you uh, free shirts. You know, so this plays out in the public. Both of them look good. That's really more the mindset, the, the way we should be treating each other. Um, as opposed to just, yeah, coming down with a hammer every time, which is, again, makes you look bad. And I, I think part of that, too, is people feel out of control, maybe, and you feel like you you got to control others by being forceful and using the contract as your weapon to do it. But really, when you are in what I call the loving mindset or being caring, that is when you're in control of yourself and you have much more ability to positively influence that other person. Because so many people too, the, the, they're acting the way they are out of fear, out of uh, other different 
you know, anxieties, depression, you go down the list, but love is kind of this unspoken remedy for so many of these conditions. Like if you, if you could just put your arm around somebody who's panicking, think of that instant effect it has on them, right? They just calm down. They might feel so much more at home. We all need love. And if we can give that to others, they're going to be so grateful. You now become, in a sense, their safe place. You become that new family member to them. And why would they want to leave your business? Even if you're providing something totally different, they didn't sign up for your program for this, for that relationship, but they're going to stick around and be your customer because of that relationship. Well, I love that. And it's, it's that old analogy for, you know, I have done a lot of stuff at HR conferences and in human resources, they almost every time they have a speaker speak on the cost of acquiring a new employee, if you fire one, well, why aren't they performing? Why isn't this good? So it's kind of the same thing. I'm so sorry. What, what fell short on this contract or, Hey guys, oh, yeah. you love our music. So there's, there's a way to get what you want without annihilating the other person. And we've kind of become a, a society where a lot of people, if, if they don't annihilate the other person, they didn't win. And also I'm going to be easily offended. And then I'm going to come after you because you offended me. So, I mean, we just, and I'm going to presume the worst in you. Uh, yeah. And, and it's all assumptions. And we know about that. It makes the ass out of you and me. I assume you did that to destroy me. Like you did that out of meanness and ugliness. And I'm mean, like, we all struggle with that at some points. Maybe you're a little more evolved than I am. I, I mean, that's like one of my top things to work on this year is to assume the best, not assume the worst, like assume that that's not what was intended. Um, again, that falls into my whole problem with trust and I trust everybody a little too much, but, um, I don't know I guess, how you can have both where you, you, <laughs> You trust everybody, but then don't presume the best. <laughs> well, it depends on what it is. You know, that's a, it's a dichotomy, Jay. It's a dichotomy. Oh, maybe it's when that trust is broken, then. Yeah, yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and that's why it's so important never to break that trust because it's so hard to restore the relationship after that. I mean, just yeah. think of a marriage after a spouse cheats. Like it's, sometimes you see people restore the relationship, but most will tell you it's almost never the same for a while. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There, um, anytime that trust is like, you, well, and, and it can be as much as like in a business setting, you didn't meet your deadline, but you didn't bother to tell me, uh, there was a trust exercise yep. that I worked with in a previous life and, it was what's your most important component of trust because you've got openness, um, reliability, congruency, and there's a fourth one. Mm. Something to do with uh, transparency, like I think maybe, but I always thought Makes reliability sense. was like my number one. I want you to be reliable. You said you were going to do it. I want you to do it. But as I worked through this exercise, I realized openness was more important to me than reliability. And the reason is if you can't meet your deadline and you come to me as soon as you 
are just sure it's not going to happen and say, I can't meet my deadline. I can't fulfill this contract. This is not like there's a problem. You know, Houston, we have a problem. Then I can jump in and we can come together and find a solution. But if you just wait and don't live up to what you said, then we've got reliability and openness on the line. Like you've now crushed my soul in two <laughs> different ways. And so, you know, it's like, how do you build up that trust? Um, I love how you started with do your uh, due diligence, make sure that you've got all the information before you make a decision, connect the right people together and making sure that trust is a huge part of that and start start with a small project so for the entrepreneurs listening the suggestion is start small um i've seen a lot of coaching programs and they want the first interaction with them to be extremely high end and i get that i understand that but sometimes you have to say can i have a taste of you first like can i invest a little bit and then go bigger and go bigger and so that would build the trust build the relationship because it's all about mm -hmm. relationships so um tell me i think you have a program coming up you have a course you have a mastermind you have something what do you have coming up jay so i'm going to be starting about a three-month course where i'm going to be working with a small group of business people to take them through the process of just really understanding relationships and in the law the two go hand in hand um, so you're going to be learning how to fulfill legal requirements, you know, at a high level while building these awesome relationships that are going to just produce more profit over a lifetime, those raving reviews that will attract more people, getting referrals, all this stuff we're talking about, but much more detail. Um, you can find details on that on www.proscalelegal.com. So pro scale legal.com and if you love to uh, get mentorship and get templates you know we'll step people through you know what do you do if there's a, a chargeback dispute you know give templates um, a game plan to follow just everything and and you walk away at the end now not fearing conflict but seeing it as opportunities to build a better relationship Oh my gosh, I love that. So I will put your information and your contact information if anybody wants to get a hold of you, Jay. And the proscalelegal.com um, website will be in the show notes so people have an opportunity to, to get to you and find more information about your upcoming course, program. Course. Great. Those... Course program. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot more. It's going to be very interactive and people can ask me questions. So it's definitely more of a, a program and coaching than um, just, yeah, it's not going to be one of those just you get the course and that's it. It's not an online course. It's a program where they have access to you. They'll have access to me. Oh my not gosh. As a, lawyer, as a coach, but definitely be there. Oh, I, my brain. I love that so much. And so we'll have all the contact information for Jay. I'm Jennifer Takagi with Destined for Success. And I truly believe we are all destined for success. We just need the right skills and the right relationships to make it happen. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you for taking your time to spend with me on this latest podcast of Destined for Success. 
please take a moment to leave a review, share it with a friend, and subscribe and get the newest episodes every Monday morning. I'm Jennifer Takagi, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.